Mexico on tonight is Satsujo Weeps. It's from the Hidden Lamp collection. When Satsujo, a great disciple of Hakuin, was old, she lost her granddaughter, which grieved her very much. An old man from the neighborhood came and admonished her. Why are you wailing so much? If people hear this, they'll all say, The old lady who once studied with Hakuin and was enlightened. The old lady once studied with Hakuin and was enlightened. So, now, why is she mourning her granddaughter so much? You ought to lighten up a bit. Satsujo glared at her neighbor and scolded him. You bald-headed fool! What do you know? My tears and weeping are better for my granddaughter than incense, flowers, and lamps. The old man left without a word. We aspire in practice on the cushion and in the practice of daily life interactions to be present and alive and not stuck and not hindered in our seeing by clinging to ideas and there's so much to get stuck on one sticking place can be one sticking place that comes up often it seems is getting stuck on ideas of right and wrong. And that's not the only thing that's going on in this koan, uh, but one point I want to speak to. The Buddha said that one hindrance to enlightenment, hindrance on the path, is something he called belief in rites and rituals. What that means in, in the context of a hindrance is the belief that if I chant such and such a sutra so many times or at the right time in the right place in the right posture, I will get this reward. I will go to heaven. I will get enlightened. 
I will accumulate merit, good things for myself and my family. So this belief that some prescribed action is going to, going to lead to some reward. That's a hindrance in thinking, said the Buddha. At a time when, well, not just at a time when, I mean, there's the ideas in all religions. There's a right way to do this or that. Here's what you do when somebody dies. You chant their name for 49 days. Chant sutras. Maybe have a monk offer prayers or incense or both. The Buddha said these practices or any practice done rotely is not the way. So we come on Sunday and we sit and maybe we come to retreat. But if we have some belief that if I sit 1,000 periods of meditation, then, then I'll be cool or whatever, whatever we think, even maybe secretly think, then um, that's delusion. So the man in the story, the neighbor, he probably heard at least a couple of other stories about grief and about uh, how a practitioner might work with grief or be instructed around grief. So one story he probably had heard is the story of uh, Kisa Gotami. So in brief, Kisa Gotami, as a young woman, lost her child. Her child died. And she had never experienced death before. And so she came to the Buddha holding her dead child and asking the Buddha to, begging the Buddha to restore life to that child. And she was distraught, of course. And the Buddha in that story said, no problem, that's sure, I can do that. I just need a small thing. Bring me a mustard seed from the home, excuse me, from a house where no one has ever died. So this is in a village where the houses have been held for generations. Everybody's got mustard seeds. And everybody's got a story of someone beloved who's died there. And so Kisa Gotami goes through this journey, through this process, and comes to see for herself, uh, comes to understand for herself that everyone dies and everyone experiences grief and loss. 
Another story that um, Satsujo's neighbor was likely familiar with is one where another woman, another story, loses a lot of relatives in one day, both children, both parents, and her husband. And she is, we might say, beside herself with grief. She's torn off all her clothes, she's naked, she doesn't even realize it, she's wailing, and she wanders right into where the Buddha's teaching. And the Buddha's disciples want to get her out of there. And the Buddha's like, no, no. And being the Buddha, he sees more than you or I might see. We might all notice a particular state of mind, though. And he says to her, what does he say? Forget the exact words. He says to her, regain your presence of mind. Get your composure. And that's all he says in that instance. And in that story, that works. And when I say it works, what I mean is that that woman is able to find her stability inside again. She's lost it. She's lost her presence of mind. I think that's actually the phrase in that story. She's able to find that inside doesn't mean the grief goes away, but she's able to hold that grief and respond to it from her uprightness with her presence of mind intact. And that's what a skillful teaching points us back to our own stability, our own connection, our own wisdom and compassion. So in the koan I just read, in Satsujo Weeps, we have a different matter. In this koan, the neighbor who's really only trying to help is coming from, I imagine, a very different place. And I see two main themes here that I'd like to highlight. 
So one is this, these ideas about right and wrong, and we all have them. He sees woman wailing about dead person. He's got the stories about the teacher saying, hey, cut that out. Everybody dies. Don't be so attached. When we talk about attachment causing suffering. And also he has this, perhaps, what will people think? Is this how disciples who are supposed to be setting an example or showing through their action what awakening can be? Is this, is this what we want to be doing out where everybody can see? And she essentially says, actually, yeah. Actually, I haven't lost my presence of mind. My granddaughter died and I'm expressing my connection. And I'm letting everyone who can see know that a person of strong practice can express such a thing. And I'm not bound up by these rules. She's showing most of that rather than saying it. There's no one right answer. Especially in life. When we study Dharma, look into these stories or listen to talks or review wise teachings, because the Dharma just means any teachings that point to the truth. When we study Dharma, what we're doing is clarifying our own heart-mind. What we're not doing is getting all the answers so that we then have them. that makes sense. I think it makes sense to me, but I still get caught. I still have this mind that wants to you know who is at fault here? Who's in the right and who's in the wrong? And really the whole universe is always saying to me, here I am. And what is this? And each, each meeting is a kind of, what is this? 
Where is your clarity now, Kojo? How do you respond to this? And the answer, whether it be a meeting or a koan or a global crisis, is I respond to this best I can. I aspire to bring all my clarity and all my compassion and all my presence to the table. That's the preparation. There is no magic answer in my back pocket. Not one that's effective anyway. And when I try to get away with the answer in my back pocket, some cliche, some dead thing, when there's a real grieving person, ah. There's also through practice increasing trust that a response that works will arise. So one place we can get stuck with, with grief, or some of us, me certainly, is it, it's messy. It's hard to feel. So if someone near me is grieving, my task most often is to be with them. And to be with them, I have to be present with my own grief, with the sensations in the body that arise as I witness another's grief. Both those things. And if I can just do that, it's called bearing witness. If I can just be present and let go of the extra, the discomfort maybe, the, the desire to push it away and say, quit crying. If I can just come back to presence. I'm more than halfway there. All there is to do then is be myself. Maybe that's all we really need is to genuinely be with each other. And then when I review my day, whatever's happened during the day, and I notice these um, stuck places, I notice 
maybe I pushed the grieving person away. Or whatever happened, and I aspire to do differently. Then the work is to look at what in me was difficult, difficult to feel. It, it really, as far as I can tell, always comes down to that. And can I be with that? Can I be with those feelings? Build a tolerance and ability to be with those feelings so that I can more fully be in the world. Thank you. Thank you.